Love Madden, the podcast, is now the self-love podcast with Madden Nichette Jones and Tennille Daniels. Consider this show a guide on your personal self-love journey, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Join us each week for a dose of good, healing girl talk at the intersection of spirituality and science. Make yourself comfortable and pull up a seat. There's always room at our table. Welcome in. Hey, hey girl. girl. Hey. And What's we're back. <laughs> for your daily, I mean, a weekly dose of Maddie and Tennille. Yes, your favorite girlfriends are back with another weekly word. How have you been this week? I've been good. Can't complain. Well, I could complain, but I won't bore y'all with all of my minutia. <laughs> I don't want to bore you <laughs> with <laughs> it. <laughs> Oh, never mind. Who is it? I don't know. Oh, Donnell Jones. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, it's getting cold. Oh, for sure it's getting cold. Like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> the other day, Ellie was like, Mom, it's a little chilly in this house. <laughs> chilly. Yeah, that, that word chilly sent me. She was like, I think I need some socks on. <laughs> it's a little chilly. I said, well, go get your socks because... Your dad and this heat. <laughs> Facts. No, I'm there with dad. I mean, my home heats by oil and oil is expensive, as yeah. you all know. And so I'm like, yeah, bare minimum. Keep me at, no, I think 70 is probably the lowest I can go. But mm. keep me at 70 and I'm going to just have to wear these hoodies. You see, I got a hoodie on today. I'm going to just mm. have to roll with the, comf- the, the cozy clothes. Yeah, we had to go. We had to go to seventy three. That's seventy. Seventy is cold. Yeah, seventy is cold. So at night, well, no, mm-hmm. during the day I'll do seventy two if I'm if if I am cold. But then at right. night I do seventy because I'll just put some blankets on, put some layers on. I will say by the time this airs, I will just be returning or just have returned from sunny South Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So love that. I love that for you. Yes. <laughs> Why you didn't pack me in your in your suitcase? Though? I know. I guess for the same reason you didn't bring me anything back from Europe. Ooh, dang! That was a low blow. You didn't have to tell the 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 girls. You told. That I didn't. You, to, you told oh, on I the told episode. Them. Yeah, that's oh, why okay. I circled back. They they already in our business. Oh, they are in our business. I actually do have something for you now. Did I buy it with you in mind when I was there? No. However. You do. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> and maybe I have something for you from uh, <laughs> Miami Beach. Maybe we'll not. see. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to talk a little bit before we, um, you know, get into our love it or leave it mm-hmm. about sort of the season that we've been in um, with being an encouragement to friends who have gone through mm-hmm. um, some challenging. Things. I have a lot of friends who are experiencing grief in this season mm. um, and loss, loss of you know loved ones and mm-hmm. parents and other things. And so I have um, really been, even though I haven't personally been experiencing grief in this season, I have really been tapped in that area in terms of just showing up with empathy for others mm. um, and, you know, thinking of others and trying to be encouraging to others. And I just wanted to kind of pause and 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 open the episode with that because that's going to be a lot of what we are talking about today, how we show up 
um, for other people. But for me in this season, it's been showing up for other people as encouragement and mm-hmm. comfort. People and who comfort. are who are sad, who are mm-hmm. um, not knowing how to deal with what it is yeah. that they're going through. Um, and it's not, in many cases, I've had three or four friends this year who've lost a parent, but it's Mm. not only that it's, you know, friends who are going through, um, miscarriage or, Mm. um, divorce, Mm. um, just all different kinds of losses. And so, yeah. yeah, I've really been practicing my empathy muscle, um, in a major way. And we'll talk more about it today, but sometimes it's hard to figure out how to show up for other people. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. When I was thinking about this and like you said, we'll dig in a little bit later, but, um, it, it, it can get a little tricky. Right. And Mm -hmm. I I can't wait to dive in deeper about the word empathy Mm -hmm. and where we kind of land on the spectrum of sympathy to empathy. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it is important to, to show up for people in, in their time of need and, um, I think what can, what we can do and, and what, you know, as people, as parents and mentors and aunties and whoever, mm-hmm. we need to start teaching our kids once we learn ourselves, because we can't teach something we don't know right about how, that. <laughs> how to navigate through grief and loss, because yeah. I don't know, I don't think I've ever been taught. Mm-mm. Um and or so, the things that we've seen might not be healthy. Right, exactly. So you know. it's definitely about gaining um some tools to to help that navigation process. Right. And empathy is not just about grief and loss. I mean, yeah. we can putting, you know, imagining ourselves in someone else's shoes, but just shoes. in this sense, I've just noticed yeah. that the way my empathy practice has my practice of empathy has showed up the most the has most. been helping people navigate loss. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. And maybe it's just where we are in our age, but. Or it's just the season, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That All peak adulting, things. peak adulting, things that you don't have to think about as much when you're younger. We're back at peak adulting. Yeah, peak as adulting. always. <laughs> All right. So before we dive into the episode, it's time to love it. Or leave it. Um, I think you started last week. You want me to start? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. Last week, you said that you were leaving the customer service at a particular company that will remain nameless because it's a company that I want to love, that I love and I don't want to drag them through the mud. Yeah, anymore. I love them too. Well, they just had a bad experience. Right. Well, this week I am loving the com- uh, customer service from a company called Bentgo. For those of you with small children who do like a bento box for lunch, it is a oh. bento box to go. It's called Bentgo. If you just took advantage of the, um, Amazon Prime preview day. Um, the Bento boxes were like $18, but you know, we bought one for back to school when they were full price. And how much is um, full price? Because I was thinking $18 was a lot. Was a, was, right. I think it's like $30, $34. For one like of those boxes? For one lunchbox, child. But here's how they must I be made out of um, some good sustainable products or something. <laughs> here's why I love it. Um, number one, the the lid for the whole box has like the silicone um, like lining in it. Mm-hmm. So even though there's a bunch of compartments in the bento box, you don't have to close each compartment. That lid seals each compartment. So I could put applesauce in one or, or ranch in one. I could put 
food in another and nothing will spill or shift. It has silicone mm. around the edges of the outside. So when kids drop their stuff, it doesn't, you know, break. It's Allow. really sturdy. Um, so I love it. It's easy to take and it's perfectly portioned for, um, for my kid's age, which is good. Mm -hmm. So I know that I can give her a balanced, you know, diet, lunch, and everything is well portioned. Now here's Mm -hmm. the issue. There is an insert that the food goes in and then there's an outside casing. The insert is top rack dishwasher, dishwasher safe. The outside casing, I don't think it's supposed to go in a dishwasher at all. Mm -hmm. And my husband, God bless him, put the whole thing, the outside, on the bottom rack of that for that, mm, and, the, and the clasp um, broke off because uh-huh. our dishwasher don't play no game. So the clasp broke off in such a way that we couldn't even clasp it back in because one of the little pieces had broken mm. off. So I you know, go on Amazon. They say it's past the 30 days. Go to the manufacturer. I go to the manufacturer. And when I say they sent me a whole new, I wanted a class. They sent me a whole new box the next day. The next day, yeah. All they needed was my receipt and a picture of what what um the what was broken. They sent me a whole new thing, and they have a two year guarantee. So if anything happens to it um, over the course of the two years, kid throws it out the school bus window, cracks, whatever, um, it's fully covered and. I didn't need to send the old one back. And it was just the way that the the young lady from customer service was talking to me. She's like, we want to make this as easy as possible for you. If you could just send me these two pieces of you know information over, we'll get it over to you. And um, yeah, she was able to get it to me the next day. So not only do I love the product, but I love the service. So if you were on the fence about doing a little bento box for your for your small kid, if your kid's over six or seven, they're going to need some more food. But your little kid... Check out the Benko box. They don't have multiple sizes. They only have the one size. I think they do, but because I don't know, I don't want to put it out there. I think they do. I think they, I saw some also with like um, some metal inserts so you can keep certain food warm and all of that. But I only know about the one I got and I, and we love it. Yep. Uh, What are you loving or leaving? So I'm loving Walmart's Christmas decor section. Walmart? Drake? Yes. Walmart girl. I'm a, I wish Texas. I could send y'all a picture. I might I don't like going into Walmart, so I have to really time when I go into Walmart so that I don't <laughs> get annoyed, okay? But <clears throat> I went into Walmart the other day mm-hmm. and I went they had started putting out their holiday decor and mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell y'all there are some very reasonably reasonably priced gems in the Walmart. So wow. Tease tip of the week is if you're starting to plan your holiday decor, check out Walmart. Hmm. Maybe I'll check out walmart.com. I will say what? Because no, you got to go in because I don't know if it's going to give what it needs to give online. Like some of the stuff you got to see in person. It's probably going to look janky online, but when you see it in person, it is going to hit. There are these really beautiful metallic red Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. Bomb. I, red is not in my theme for this year, so mm-hmm. I'm not getting them. But if you have red in your theme, you need to go get them because I really want them really bad. But I'm not. I'm not gonna buy them. All right. Well, we'll take your word for it. Tease tip of You're the like, week. What? I'll take your word for it, but I'm not going into Walmart. <laughs> oh 
the bougie blacks are back. Um, Teased for the week, Walmart for Christmas decor. You guys check it out and let us know what you find. And with that being said, it's time to set the table. All right. We previewed this a little bit in our intro, the word of the week. This week is empathy. I wrote about it as always on the blog over at lovemadden.com. If you click on the blog or love notes, you'll see it there, but I'll share with you what I had to say about it now. Genuine empathy requires self-awareness. The ability to sense other people's emotions or to imagine what someone else might be going through is built in part upon our ability to identify and connect with our own emotions first. Empathy has been categorized by psychologists in two major classifications, cognitive empathy and affective or emotional empathy. In simple terms, cognitive empathy is knowing or understanding what someone else feels, while emotional empathy is actually feeling what someone else feels, much like the type of empathy that's described in Romans 12, 15. This line from the well-studied passage about love and action reads as follows, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. In this scripture, we are called to not just understand someone else's experience, but to feel it and experience it with them. A sense of compassion for others that is cultivated in and overflows from our own practice of self-compassion. More recently, a third category of empathy has been labeled as compassionate empathy. This is somewhere between the two existing major classifications. With compassionate empathy, we don't only understand or even feel what someone else is going through, but we're also moved to help them through it. Galatians 6.2 says this, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. While many of us find this type of empathy almost instinctual, bearing someone else's burdens without the capacity to do so can cause us harm. We must first understand and feel our own emotions and only then develop the means to support ourselves enough to build emotional capacity before we can support others as we've been called to do. And with that being said, let's Dig in. Yummy. All right. Well, you've just read this lovely passage from the Weekly Word. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you might have, it it might bleed into this, but Mm -hmm. what does empathy mean to you? Um, For me, empathy has meant feeling what someone else feels. Um, That's the kind of compassion that I described that we talk about in the Bible that, you know, that we're called to feel what someone else feels, to experience it with them and alongside them. But lately, as my capacity has decreased, I have kind of shifted how my empathetic response um, is and how I show up to be more focused on understanding what someone else is feeling. So while it's my nature to put myself in someone else's shoes, I have been intentional about just imagining myself in someone else's shoes because of the um, emotional drain of putting myself in someone else's shoes who's experiencing something challenging um, when when I'm just not, when I just don't have the capacity for it. So um, I I loved studying empathy um, for this word because it gave me just a breakdown of sort of the tiers and levels of how we can practice empathy. Um, and that gives us the tools to know 
or to try to discern when to practice what. It might be based on proximity of relationship. It might be based on you know, the capacity of the person um, who is practicing the empathy. But I think just understanding that there are levels help us to um, hone in on that practice. How would yeah. you How would you define it? Um, so I wrote down that it's demonstrating with my actions that I understand and feel what someone else is going through. Um, but I struggled with that a little bit because, like you said, sometimes it's our natural instinct to want to, um, you know, think that we can feel what someone else is is feeling in a certain situation. So let's say, um, you know, we've had friends who have lost parents. I've never lost a parent, right? So sometimes I feel like, can I really empathize with this person? Because mm-hmm. I have not experienced it myself. That's a good point. Um, and, you know, what you just said about imagining yourself in that person's situation, mm-hmm. I think that that a light bulb kind of went off there Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. I think that offers us a level of empathy for that person. Mm -hmm. But to me, I kind of felt like, "Mm, can I really offer empathy if I haven't gone through that thing myself? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'll stop there. But I had like a little bit of struggle with, with the empathy and how how to show up for people when I have not personally experience what they've experienced. That's really good. And I think the flip side of those, um, for those who are experiencing the thing, that's what makes support groups so Mm -hmm. valuable. Um, For me as someone who has experienced recurrent pregnancy loss, I have friends who want to be empathetic and show up Mm -hmm. for me, but who have maybe never experienced any pregnancy loss. Right. Um, and it's difficult to to put yourself, you know, in the shoes of someone who has. And then also, as somebody who's experienced recurrent pregnancy loss, I have maybe friends who have experienced a loss or two losses who want to empathize with me. And I'm also in such a place, I'm so beyond the devastation of the first loss that I, I don't even feel like, you know, they're coming so strong and I know that they're trying to show their love for me. And I'm like, literally, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> she said that to me. And, and I'm one of those people, I've never been pregnant, so mm-hmm. I really can't step into your shoes. Right. But yeah, you kept saying, like, I'm okay. I'm really, truly you know? okay. Yeah, I'm but, truly okay. But I've been in a place where I'm not okay. And so yeah. um, I think that sometimes the experiences have to be very specific. So, like, it's not even just about having a miscarriage, but it's about having recurrent miscarriage. Or I have a friend who lost her mother mm-hmm. and her spouse lost his father. And mm-hmm. she was saying, like, he thinks he understands, but it's not the same. It's you know, and he's he's trying to show up for me in certain ways, but he doesn't feel what I feel, and I, you know, I want to allow him to show up for me, but also okay. like, until you've lost your mama, you can't say nothing to you me. Can. Yeah, and that and hit. it depends on the relationships, right? Because like, she father, has a yeah, because he had a very close relationship with the father. Whereas mm. she had a little bit more of a complicated relationship with her father, mm. and so. There are levels, but I don't think we have to be in someone's exact shoes yeah. to be able to 
um, to do what we're called to do, to weep with those who weep and to rejoice with those who rejoice, to imagine the joy or to imagine the pain of someone's experience. But I love your point about that because that's why there's so much science around the value of support groups, people who mm-hmm. are maybe going through a cancer diagnosis, you know, get in these support groups or, you know, people who are caregivers, for example, yeah. might be getting into these support groups because there's someone else who understands what it is they're going through in a more intimate way intimate um, than way. someone who's just practicing compassion or empathy, but like they get it, get it. Um, so, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And that's even with me going through my whole, you know, infertility journey and the loss of my embryo. It's like, okay, yeah, I have friends who definitely want to show up for me, but who've never had to deal with fertility issues. And so I allow them to show up and, you know, I am grateful and appreciative of it, but it's, it, it does hit a little bit different when I'm sharing things or getting support from people who have been in the trenches, maybe not the the same exact trenches. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um, yeah, it it just, it just hits a little bit differently. And that's Mm -hmm. why I struggle with like, is the word really empathy? Is there some, is there something in between? I don't know. Um, but yeah, all good points. Yeah. And I really love this sort of refined definition around compassionate empathy because it moves it from a feeling or an emotion to an action. action? Compassionate empathy is showing up with a meal or, Mm -hmm. you know, compassionate empathy is holding a newborn baby so mom can take a shower. Compassionate empathy is doing the setup and the breakdown, you know, after the repass is showing up for the person in a, in a, in a, in a physical and a real way, tangible you know, way. yeah, mm-hmm. tangible way. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Yeah. So can you talk about the role that empathy has played in your personal journey to healing? And if you have a personal story or a lesson that you want to share with the followers, our community, um, share that as well. Yes. Um, my personal journey to healing has been anchored in a lot of ways to, um, small group community. And being in a community with other women has allowed us to practice empathy for one another to after, you know, many seasons, you're going to go through ups and downs with people. You're going to have breakthroughs and miracles and you're going to cry because you're so excited for your girlfriend you've been praying for. Um, And you're going to see loss and and divorce and breakup maybe for a, a, a couple that you've been praying for on the other end where maybe it doesn't work out. And um, I think as we have learned to be open and vulnerable and share with one another, which has been a cornerstone to my healing um, process and journey, mm-hmm. um, practicing empathy has been interwoven into that experience of just being in vulnerable community. It's really hard to step outside of yourself and open yourself up to somebody else and allow someone else to open themselves up to you without feeling some degree of um, empathy for the other person and understanding for the other person. When you take that mask off and you really get real with that person um, over the course of time, then that empathy is a, is a natural reaction. You're going to be excited when she gets that job or, yeah. you know, or, or, um, or that we see those 10 fingers and 10 toes and that baby is here mm-hmm. and you've been, you know, praying and fasting for all that time. So it's definitely been, um, it's definitely been a part of my journey, especially when it comes to seeing God do something for someone before they've done mm-hmm. it. For, God's done it for me. 
um, something that I might have been praying on with someone and you see that that thing happen for that person. Maybe we have a prayer partner. Oh, we, we're both praying for this and her this comes first. Um, there's a level of genuine joy that you really do experience that's mm-hmm. hard to imagine because you want that thing so badly that you wouldn't think you would be happy for someone else. But when you're right. in that intimate community intimate. with that person, it yeah. really does hit different. And that that empathy is yeah. genuine because it's founded in 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 real love. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, um, I would say that empathy has helped me feel seen in the midst mm-hmm. of my pain and mm-hmm. my struggle, mm-hmm. um, especially when... Um, you know, it's dealing with something, you know, that can make you feel really isolated, right? So, um, and I have a story that relates to this. A coworker of mine from years and years and years ago has recently um, shown up for me in ways that I wouldn't have imagined over the, the past several months, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's really just wrapped me, I think, in a in a blanket of empathy, which has been really helpful. Mm. Um she has experienced things similar to me, not the exact same, um, you know, struggles that I've been through. Um, and she's not, ne- all, She well, let me not say she's not. Typically, I have not known her to be someone who is very um, open and vulnerable about her own personal struggles. Mm-hmm. But she has um, allowed herself, and maybe she's evolved into mm-hmm. someone who is, you know, willing to let those walls down. And she's let me into those struggles. And in doing so, she's provided the empathy that I've needed to um, to work through some of my healing. Mm-hmm. Um, even calling me out because she's, we have s- similar personalities and the fact that, you know, we always try to maybe show up as someone who is strong. Mm-hmm. And one day she called me and I was like, trying, I, w- I was sounding, you know, cheery and bubbly. And mm-hmm. she was like, Mm-mm. girl, you don't have it's to. Giving fake. It's, well, I don't know if it was giving fake. Maybe it was giving <laughs> fake, but whatever. <laughs> she was like, you don't have to sound cheery for me. She was like, mm-hmm. I didn't even expect you to answer the phone, but you don't have to sound cheery for me. And like literally probably three minutes later, I was bawling. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm just grateful for um, people who show up in those ways. And like you said, you don't, there's levels to how you show up and people need you to show up at different times and in different ways throughout their healing journey. Um, so it's important, you know, to just make note of that. Everybody doesn't have to show up in the same exact way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it really made me feel like I wasn't alone in a place where I was feeling very isolated. And um, I just really thank God for that connection, right? Because it's like, who knew that when Mm -hmm. we made a professional connection, Mm -hmm. you know, eons ago, Mm -hmm. that that would translate into something that would be beneficial to to both of us. 20 Um, years later or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, Wow. It's it's been very important. Nice. I love that. So do you have any advice or key takeaways for someone who's trying to be more empathetic? Yes. Do your own work first. Mm. It's similar to what we say about pouring from an empty cup, but here it's, you cannot be empathetic towards someone else if you're not in touch with your own feelings. Mm. 
You cannot practice true compassion for someone else if you don't practice self-compassion. You can't show someone else grace and kindness if you haven't been able to first figure out what that looks like for yourself, you know, in a, in a genuine way. Right. So start with you. Keep your eyes on your own paper first um, mm. before you're concerned about showing up for this person and that person and cooking and helping and being on this committee and that committee and doing all the work. Show up for yourself first. You will do yourself a grave disservice, and I said this in the in the in the blog piece as well. But you will mm-hmm. end up damaging yourself if you're trying to practice empathy um, when you're not in touch with your own feelings first. You can't help someone through a difficult time if you don't know how to be in touch with your own Yourself. feelings in a difficult yeah. time. Um, so that's that's my thing. Start with self love. I mean, that's why we named the podcast what it is. Every single practice on this journey to healing is rooted first in self-love. And that's modeled by why, how we are called to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So um, that is my advice, my lesson, my takeaway. Start with you first. Show yourself compassion first. Yeah. my What I wrote down was very similar to that. You can't give it if you don't have it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's okay to prioritize yourself, um, and not feel guilty about it. So if there are times when you can't offer genuine empathy, cause you just don't have it in that season or in that moment, mm-hmm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it, People struggle with that. I actually just had a conversation with one of my um, team members that Mm -hmm. I manage, and she was feeling so guilty for putting her professional needs before someone else who was maybe in a higher position than her, um, who was giving her flack. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. honestly, at the end of the day, people nine times out of 10 are always going to choose themselves over you. So you shouldn't mm-hmm. feel guilty doing the same for yourself. Was the person right? over her, was it a man? I'm just curious. Or no, was it another, another woman? woman. Mm-hmm. And it was the, the woman, and I had to be careful because I don't know the the woman who was um, over, not over, but uh, in a higher position mm-hmm. than um, the person I was managing. But it was giving just in her email responses it was giving some like i've got probably personal issues that i need Mm. to work through and it's just like coming out in my responses to you it was Mm -hmm. just very and in my cold rude all the things and i was like girl this is not about you because she was internalizing it i was like it's not about you it's about the other person and you always choose yourself first because honestly the only reason she was um, responding in that way is because you weren't doing something that was going to further benefit her. her. She was still choosing herself mm. over you, right? So we have to get out of this practice, whether it's professionally or personally, mm-hmm. of feeling guilty for choosing you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I've all, I've only, I mean, I've learned that over time and that I had to tell her cause she was feeling so she, at the end of the conversation, she was like, thank you so much for like walking me through it. And I'm like, girl, it's only because I have been in situations where I've had to learn these things and have these difficult conversations that I'm able to, you know, 
walk you through it today. But mm-hmm. yeah, you have to to choose you. And I'll be honest, I don't always choose myself in every situation, but it is an active choice that you have to make anytime you're presented with, you know, that mm-hmm. option. That, yeah. You have to choose you. So here's the flip side of the question you asked me. Both of our takeaways were for somebody who may be overly empathetic, somebody who may be trying to give from a place that they're not there to give. But what do we say to somebody who struggles to show empathy? Somebody who, <laughs> who got the F, the effigy is strong. There's a lot of people out here who do not care. It's, it's, it's a lot of self. She'll be all right. I don't care. My problem. What, how, how does that person, you know, that person also needs to do self-work. Yeah. I was about to say the that person probably needs to go to therapy, honestly, <laughs> because there is something, a block, uh, or something that's causing that hardness. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, especially if you're like that with almost everybody, if you're like that with one or two people, it's probably something rooted with in the that relationship mm-hmm. that's causing it. Right. But if it's a more global problem, <laughs> then yeah, you need to go do some, some self-reflection under the um, supervision of a therapist <laughs> to kind of figure of out. A professional. Yeah, Cause you, you can't know, do that on your own. That's not, not it, something you can do. It might not always be this. Some people might not be conscious of it. Right. So there's like the person that I just described, mm-hmm. who's like a genuine, you know, a-hole. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there might be a person who's so wrapped up in themselves that they don't even recognize mm, they're oblivious. They're, to yeah, it. they don't, or they think they think they doing it, doing a, a great job. job. <laughs> <laughs> like, True. girl, you didn't check on me. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. You know, you know. What about yeah. that person? Like, is there something that someone could do to just kind of tap in? I think I, for me, I would build on my first answer, which is first, you know, make sure you're good and practice your own self compassion. Mm-hmm. I think the second step to being empathetic is listening. A lot yeah. of empathy is just, as I say to my daughter, turn your listening ears on. That's it's not providing it. advice or a fix. Um, or even before we can get to the compassionate piece, there's so many, so many instances where people just want to be heard. So um, for those of us who maybe struggle to be empathetic, listening to others helps us to be less self-centered and self-focused. And self-centered, I don't mean it in a bad way, like selfish, but just, you know, thinking about others, um, which doesn't yeah. always come naturally. Now that's really good. I actually wrote down this sentence that I didn't say. Um, but mm-hmm. you've answered the question that mm-hmm. I had and mm-hmm. it was, it was like, what is it when you can't necessarily empathize because you don't know or understand how something feels and the situation doesn't necessarily call for like sympathy. Mm-hmm. So that goes back to what I was saying. Is there something in between like empathy and sympathy? Mm-hmm. And I wrote down, is it just called listening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it just called listening? That's it. So many times that's, that's what we need. <laughs> With grief, with loss, with um, feeling overlooked or overwhelmed, people just want someone to listen. That's it. You don't always, to me, I don't feel like you have to always like step into this overly empathetic role. Mm -hmm. If you just listen, Mm -hmm. that's sufficient. Yeah. And sometimes the empathy will flow from the listening because from listening, you're able to connect it to some other experience where you're like, oh, you know, when this person says this, a light bulb goes off. Oh, I get how they might be feeling or 
I felt something similar. And don't you don't have to say it to the person because I'm good for that. Right. Trying to relate. It's not about relatability. And this is something I'm working on. It's just about listening. Even if you're making those connections in your mind and you're beginning to understand more as they talk, most of the time people just need an ear and a hug. That's it. And maybe a half a pint of ice cream. That's it. That's all. You know the way to my heart. (laughs) I'm going to get you that maple bourbon. bourbon. You got it? Did you get it yet? Mm -mm. I haven't been into the city yet. I'm, I'm trying to make my way at some point. All right. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I'll see what I can do for you. True, true. I know. <laughs> I actually want to come see my boo. So yeah, we'll make that happen. That um, All right. Anything, anything else, else in that before we go on to how you can apply it to your life? I think that's it for the takeaways. All right. So there we go. How can you, um, if there's one way that you mm-hmm. can apply empathy in your life in the very near future, mm-hmm. how would that be? What would that be? Um, I think it's a little bit counter to what we understand empathy to be because it empathy is about um, imagining yourself in someone else's shoes. But for me, it's not having to verbalize that relatable, like, oh, me too. You know, I'm such a miss, Mrs. Me too or whatever. Like, oh, I understand. Or I went through something. So I get it. You know, like I've got to stop doing that because it's not me helpful. <laughs> In my mind, yeah. I'm trying to be helpful, but being a right. being a better listener is just shutting up. Yeah, you, know I you don't talking. have to say everything. You don't have to say think. everything that pops into your mind. Yeah. I've been working on this since the second grade, y'all. <laughs> I haven't made keep a working, lot. Of- <laughs> girl, keep working. <laughs> I haven't made as much significant progress in this area as I'd like. Um, so that's what it is for me. It's about not having to relate or knowing when it's appropriate to share that you, you know, that you understand. But it's it's sometimes, most times, it's not about it's not about you. It's not about sharing. It's it helps it helps you to understand how someone feels to give perspective, but you don't have to you don't have to share that with the other person. So that's my immediate practice. Yeah. And for me, it is um, around that compassionate empathy. I am someone, I think, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. um, that does like to um, demonstrate compassionate empathy where I'm like doing something, whether it's in a small way or a large way where I'm trying to show up with action to someone or Mm -hmm. for someone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's my like natural instinct. But I want to pull back on that a little bit because mm-hmm. there are seasons and I I am in one now mm-hmm. where I just really don't have the um, emotional capacity mm-hmm. to show up in that way, mm-hmm. right? And not feeling guilty about not having that capacity in this season. Now, hopefully the season doesn't last too long, mm-hmm. right? But, you know... That's just where I am right now. And I have mm-hmm. to be comfortable in that. It's like, I just, I, I don't have the capacity for a whole lot of things right now, mm-hmm. which is very different, I think, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just have to be real about it and not try to mask it mm-hmm. or do something that I'm really not comfortable with, all of those things. So I just want to be true to evaluating when I have the capacity and when I don't. That's good. That's- that's really good. And that, you know, brings me to thinking about some healthy capacity building practices that we can do 
in the meantime, not in order to get ourselves, you know, up to standard to show up for someone else, but once we recognize that we don't have the emotional capacity and you, and we say, okay, this is just going to be a season, what are the things that we can do to heal ourselves through that season, that trauma? How can we build capacity so that we're not running on fumes for too long? Right. Um, so once we kind of first acknowledge and accept, um, if you haven't listened to episode one on acceptance, mm-hmm. it's a good one. Um, and then start to think about ways that we can have some healthy capacity building practices yeah. and activities. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Anything else that you want to discuss amongst each other and the community or mm-hmm. things you want to impart before we go? I just want to share with somebody who might be going through something tough right now um, that you're seeing and that you are loved, um, and that it's okay to allow people to love on you and show up for you. And even if they might not understand what it is that you're experiencing exactly, allow them to be there, allow them to be present, allow them to say that they love you, um, or to show up or to do something. Um, let people do that. You never know how it can bless you. Even if you're the, I'm so strong, I'm fine, I'm every woman type, it's it's okay to, to let people love on you and, and, and share empathy with you. That's a good one. All right, Marcus, time <laughs> for the closing prayer. Let them organs come on in. <laughs> Here's our passage once again for the week. Um, it is Romans 12, 15. This is a well-studied passage. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. The prayer for the week is this. God, thank you for creating us to show compassion. Thank you for the opportunity to become more in tune with ourselves by growing more in tune with you. Thank you for helping me to set boundaries while I do the work required to manage my own burdens before I can help bear those of someone else. Help others in my circle build the emotional capacity required to serve me as well. Allow me to know myself well enough to practice compassionate empathy when I can and to feel comfortable with taking a back seat when I cannot. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Here's our practice for the week, ladies and gentlemen. This week, I will check in with myself on where I am emotionally. The first step is just a check-in. The second step, I will commit to addressing my own emotional capacity before taking on someone else's burdens. So this, that's on that. this practice is about understanding where we are and building the capacity before we can even get to the place of empathy. Yeah. And I love that for us and you all. And until next time. Toodles. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast with Madden Nichette Jones and Tennille Daniels. Like what you've heard? Show us some love and follow or subscribe. Then leave a five-star rating and review. For more resources, including show notes, and to keep the conversation going, head over to lovemadden.com and at lovemadden on social. L-O-V-E-M-A-A-D-E-N.